party girlfriends hello 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 it's that time again for another interview and so today i have a sweet dear friend of mine karima akila say hi karima hey angela so good to be with you yeah yeah so you all if you don't know i had karima on the show when i first started girlfriends got to homeschooling this was um, three years ago she was uh, uh, you know number five I think five or six somewhere like that episode in that area helping me launch this uh, vision at the beginning and so we have stayed connected through the years um, a lot has happened and transpired and I wanted to get Karima back on here so she can um, you know just share what she has going on she's got her hands in so much so I'm very excited uh, for her to share and um, give you some insights onto unschooling, all that kind of stuff. So if this is your first time coming across Girlfriends Chat with Angela Jordan Perry, this podcast, or Girlfriends Got to Homeschooling, the YouTube channel, um, where there you get teaser talks from our um, conversation here, then welcome, 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 welcome. I'm glad to have you. So let me tell you, this platform is to give voice to those who are of the African diaspora who are homeschooling to say hashtag rehomeschool too. Mm -hmm. And our kids are doing well and getting it done. And this community is growing. So if you are uh, homeschooling already of the African diaspora, considering homeschooling or, you know, whatever, this platform is for you. I want to uh, see more and more um, of those of the African diaspora, black and brown uh, skin folks, home educating, educating their own children, okay? So a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Angela Jordan Perry. I am a homeschooling mom of 20 years this year. It seemed like I want to say 21, but now I'm confused. I got started when she was four and she'll be 25. So 21 years, this year is 21 years. Wow. So 21 years of homeschooling, eight children, uh, four I've graduated out of homeschooling. And uh, my purpose-driven life is to make a positive impact on thousands of homeschools worldwide. And I do that uh, first with my outreach here in South Carolina, where I am a homeschool option three director, giving families legal status to home educate their children in the state of South Carolina. And then my other platforms, Girlfriend's Guide to Homeschooling on YouTube, Girlfriend's Chat and educating our own, okay? So those are my platforms and resources. Um, other than that, being a homeschool mom and serving the state of South Carolina, I'm just an avid um, exercise. I love to exercise, although I was telling Karima, you get to a certain age, you can exercise, exercise, exercise. I was like, did I do the exercise today? So I don't look like it. So anyway, I love the gym. I spend hours in the gym. Um, I'm a vegan and uh, I love dancing. So I take some dance lessons throughout the week. And um, then I teach Spanish classes. So I'm fluent in Spanish, which Karima, my friend, I've known for three years, says she didn't know that, but she did not know that. So anyway, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Karima, Karima, Karima. So you all check out her bio. <clears throat> Homeschool burnout and feeling like a constant failure almost drove this mama of the half dozen to the edge of depression, forcing her to do something she said she would never do, all caps, and that is UNSCHOOL, all caps, and two exclamation marks after that, okay? <laughs> um, as a result of her experiences, Karima Akila founded the Genius School consults parents th through the de-schooling process, decolonizing parents, I like that, and creating a new paradigm of relating to children. In response to the pandemic, Karima Akila created the Genius Group, a tutoring service with a twist, uh, providing tutoring and weaknesses and coaching in a learner's strength or genius. She believes in a world where all kids know their genius and serves others with it generously. So Karima, I have told the girlfriends a little bit about you. If there is more to share, please do. And tell us how this almost on the edit depressed mama um, <laughs> stepped into this unschooling, homeschooling sphere. Tell us about that. 
First of all, Angela, it is so good to see you. It is so good to be with you. Um, you are my good, good girlfriend. And we as Black women understand when someone gets that good, good girlfriend title, that's there for a reason. So Aww. it is so good to see you, you. Um, and uh, to be with your listeners. So uh, just a little background. I was a school teacher. I um, went to the good, good Morgan State University in Baltimore and earned my degree. And I taught in Maryland public schools. And then when my husband and I got pregnant with our first one, that's when I became a stay-at-home mom. And so that uh, oldest son is now 22 years old. And um, we added to the family very quickly. So we have six kids. And it's funny, the way we began homeschooling, there was a, a method by Glenn Doman. Glenn Doman is the creator of what's called the Institute for the Achievement of Human Potential. And if you don't have time to write all that down, you can just go to IAHP.org. So he was the person who invented the series of how to teach your baby to read, how to teach okay. your baby math and how to give your baby encyclopedic knowledge and how to help your baby to be physically superb. So he was the originator of that. Then all these other people came and commercialized it. But anyhow, so that's how we started. So Dr. Glenn Doman says, you only teach when you are joyful and your child is joyful. You only teach what it is that your children already love and you stop before they want you to stop. So that's how we began when my son was a baby. Mm -hmm. And I would take note cards, really big ones, and write them really large, write words on it with thick um, red marker so that it was really bold so he can see the words. And we only played when he was happy, you and I was happy. We didn't call it school, we call it playing, right? Okay. Um, because you can't put your baby in school. Let's just be clear. I just wanna make sure mm -hmm. I put that out there. Right. right. So that's how we started. And, um, probably because my son was one of those people that was just um, pre, he was probably pre-wired for reading. Some people just read at four. Some people are not fluent till 12. Mm -hmm. He was a kid that was fluently reading at four. And since he had a late birthday, we agreed that we would not have him wait a whole nother year to begin kindergarten. So that's how we officially began homeschooling. Okay. So we continued with that very joyful method and we added on to the family. By the time that the third child was born, my oldest was probably about six at this time. Now, mind you, we've been having great fun and I could see that he was learning tons. But when those first baby teeth start to fall out mm -hmm. and those adult teeth start growing in and the kid starts looking completely different, you know, like, mm -hmm. a, like a grown up kid. Uh -huh. That's when I said, you know what, maybe, maybe we need to do something different. You know, we're having all this fun, right? We're doing all this play play, but maybe it's time for you to do real school, right? Cause you know, you're looking like you a real kid in your face. So maybe I need to do some real school. So that's what I did. Okay. Switch to real school, which meant instead of the foundation of trust and joy, I switched to compulsory learning, which mm -hmm. said, it's time for math, sit down at the table. It's mm -hmm. time to read, sit down at the table. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Angela, it was bad, girl. I had these children mm -hmm. dressed in school uniforms. I was ringing a little bell when it was time <laughs> to come to the dining room. I mean, it was, it was, it was enough. You switched up on him. I switched up, I switched up. And you know, they were compliant children. So they were looking like, okay. So we did that mm -hmm. for many years in between birthing and nursing babies, toddlers crawling on the floor. And I'm still trying to maintain this very much school structured at home. Yeah. So while we had tons of assignments, while and th by this time we had moved to Pennsylvania, which is a highly regulated state, right? So when the evaluator would come, she saw tons of work because that's what we were doing. Mm -hmm. But there was absolutely no joy. There mm. was absolutely no more love of learning. Mm. But we had papers out the yin yang. We had all types of um, assignments. We had switched over to classical education mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. So kids were doing all types of Latin and logic and debate and rhetoric. Yeah, they looked educated. They were they well educated. educated. You understand? Yeah. Yes. And it was around that same time that my oldest was about to be 16. And I said, son, 
you're turning 16, you know, 18 is right around the corner. What do you want to do? Right. And I'm expecting this amazing response. And he looks at me and he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 rewind. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> Maybe you missed me. Maybe you missed your cue. Let's try it again. What do you want to do? Right? You're like, you're, you're about to uh, explode into adulthood. What do you want? Right. And he said, Mom, all my life you've told me what to read. You've told me what to study. You've told me what to learn. You've told me what test to take to demonstrate to you that mm. I'm doing something. Uh huh. I don't know what I'm good at. Mm. And I was like, what? 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 you're the oldest like you're the first born you're the one that got everything like you got the best of everything yeah but you don't know he didn't know so that was strike number one strike number two came when my dyslexic daughter mm -hmm. um, was working on one of those classical education assignments okay and she was looking around the room and um she said mom can you take me to the craft store now, mind you, I'm burnt out, right? So I probably got a baby on a hip when I'm trying, you know, frying some chicken or something. Right. Bread. And this girl's tall. And, and now she's dyslexic, right? So that means that it's going to, I'm just going to tell it real, right? We tell the truth here, right? Right. Oh, okay. uh, yes, please. All right. So that means that it's going to take three times as long to complete this assignment. First, she has to read it. Then she has to read it again for understanding. Then right. she's going to write something. Then I have to decipher what in the world these words mean. And then we have to, you know, come up with the final product. That is just the world of uh, of her life at that time yeah. as a young dyslexic learner so i'm thinking to myself crafts you ain't got no time to go to no craft store <laughs> is your paper about crafts are we writing about crafts because if not then what are we talking about some crafts <laughs> and no sooner than i said that that yes. your voice in my head say look around your room look around your house do you not see that thing that piece of art do you not see that whatever right. somebody's mama took them to the craft store and they created that and you bought it. So don't diminish her gifts and her skills. And I saw her little spirit was crushed. Mm. Mm. That was strike number two against okay. me. Strike okay. number three came when I was reading a book by Robert Kiyosaki. And in the front cover, he had that famous quote by allegedly Albert Einstein, which says, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, that fish will live the rest of its life believing that it is stupid. Uh -huh. And when I read that, that's when I said, okay, we got to do something different. Mm. So I came up with this idea. I began looking out among the homeschooling landscape to see, okay, who's joyful? Who here is happy? Who here, you know, what kids have a love of learning? Because what we're doing is it working. Mm -hmm. And over in the corner in the distance, you know, in the world of homeschooling, I saw these little happy people over there. Mm -hmm. And when I looked closer, I saw that they were unschooling. And I was like, oh, no. That's, oh no, that's that thing I said I would never do. I can't do that. That's irresponsible. So you had heard about it before. I had heard about it before, right? But I was turned off initially because I thought it was irresponsible. I thought it was unparenting. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, these parents don't have control over their children. But I could not deny the love of learning and the joy. So I said, all right, we'll give this thing a try. But first, we're going to have classical mornings and delight driven afternoons mm -hmm. that's what we did and the children were very compliant so I still did all of the stuff that I wanted them to learn right and this is what unschooling this is what parents tell me you're curious about unschooling well I just want them to have the basics like I'll teach the basics and then after that they can do what they want to do so that's how I started that's what I did right Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I came down in the mornings with my classical curriculum tucked in the crook of my arm and the kids sat down, they're very compliant. I gave them what I thought they should learn. Mm -hmm. By lunchtime, after lunch, they were in charge of their project and I walked around with the clipboard taking notes on what they needed. And Angela, that's when I saw that the very lesson that I taught mm -hmm. and they took the test and passed it but it wasn't until now that they actually saw a relevant need to use it, that that is when they learned it. Because now they're asking me again, mom, how do I, how do you calculate this again? How do you find the measurement, the, the area of this? Mom, how do you determine the percent of this? Mm -hmm. Mom, what is it called again? Right. What is that word called that ends in L-Y again in grammar? What is that called? When they saw a need for it, that's when they used it. Mm -hmm. And that is when they learned it. 
Mm -hmm. So one morning the children got up, they're very smart, and they began their delight-driven afternoons before breakfast. Okay. And it is at that time that I realized if I interrupted them, I would be interrupting something very special. And so that is what began our unschooling process. So prior to that, I was still in the de-schooling phase where you're, you are beginning to release some of the control mm -hmm. um, in favor of this partnership. Around the same time, my husband was diagnosed with leukemia. And so during that year, that cancer battle, the kids really, like that's mm -hmm. where our de-schooling was accelerated. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I wasn't there. I had to go to the yeah. hospital. Yeah. And the year after that, my husband passed away. And so now we are at, you know, a full two years now of just straight de-schooling. And we found ourselves in this wonderful place where I saw the light come back on their eyes and I began to trust children. And that's beautiful. And I want to tell you, every time I talk to Karima um, and I, I hear her explain the process that she went through with unschooling, every time I hear you explain the process you went through to get to unschooling and what that looks like, she makes me think, ah, I have to do unschooling. <laughs> I need to do it every time. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I need to go back because I was doing it. And then this year, it just was easy just to say, do these things. Yep. Um, but I do include a little bit of unschooling, what you want to do in it, you know, but anyway, girl, you could sell it. You can sell the unschooling for real, for real. <laughs> so, um, with that in mind, so that's how you got started. These three strikes were against you. Your kids pretty much showed you what they want and kudos to you for paying attention and, you know, uh, you know, going their way mm -hmm. that they were going, um, so when you actually first got started with the unschooling, Karima, by the time, okay, you know, you said your son's about 16 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, what was it like starting? What was it like when you first got started this new schooling? Because I, I, we already heard how it was when you did the other way, the traditional way. So when you first got started, everyone was happy. It was going well and all that. Now you're in how many years deep? seven years deep no six eight, years deep. Eight, you seven, he's 22 right mm -hmm. is that right 16 plus six okay that's 22 <laughs> all right so like six years like that all right so now that you have been doing it that way um how has it been how are your kids thriving or the challenges or the freedoms or the whatever you want to describe it for you and for them what does it look well like? well first let me go back and make sure that i don't paint too much of a glorious picture Okay. So when we first started, um, and this is so common for during the de-schooling process, um, a couple things happened. So I announced to the children, this is what we're doing now. Now, my older ones were like, you're right, ma. Like, you know, we, we didn't heard it all before, you know, and the younger oh, ones were like, yeah, the younger ones were like, okay, this sounds great. You know, we're going to do projects and we're going to be in charge. Okay. And the older ones were like, mm -mm, don't fall for the okie doke. No what? <laughs> What? So they were they were not that impressed because you know I've taken them through changes before in our you know our homeschooling journey. Yeah. So that was the initial reaction. But then when they saw that I was committed and I was serious, mm -hmm. then the next thing that happened was my I sat my older two down and I said, so here's a blank transcript. And guess what? You get to fill it out with whatever it is that you want to do. Okay. So my oldest daughter, she was like bet thank you <laughs> it was almost as if she had a prescribed thing that she wanted to do already, wanted, uh -huh. already. she was like this is exactly what i've been waiting for perfect Jeez, so okay. she uh was ready to go my son not so much so my oldest son i remember he said to me well mom um, what am i supposed to want to know mm. what am i supposed to want to do so what i noticed was there was just a difference in their personalities Right. So my oldest daughter um, has always been those strong willed children, if you will. Right. Okay. So she, she already took had a plan. She already knew. She already, boom, I got it gone. Right. Because because in her mind, she was probably already living her own plan anyway. You right. Know? Right. Whereas right. my son, he felt more unsure as to where to begin. And that is a very mm. common response. Right. And the oldest, very compliant. Mom, what you want me to do? Tell me what exactly. to do. I'm going to exactly. do it. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Now you're telling him to do it. And he's like, what? I exactly. haven't done that. 
Exactly. So there needed to be some more support. Yeah. So the second, the second thing that, that I found was a lot of parents who are new to unschooling and during the de-schooling process, Uh they expect instantaneous results. So we've all heard of the stories of children who unschool that, um, you know, have these amazing projects. And now I see that fast forward, Mm -hmm. but what happens is very similar to a story that is found in the book by Frog and Toad. Remember Frog and Toad, the little children's story? Yeah. There was a story in there called In the Garden. Okay. And that is a perfect example of what happens when parents first come to the unschooling, de-schooling process. So during the de-schooling process, it's like Frog, he, he put these seeds in the ground and he covered them with soil. And he said, okay, now seeds start growing. Mm-hmm. And as you and I both know, obviously seeds take time, right? You got to water them, got to let a little sunshine on it. But Frog Mm -hmm. was impatient. Mm -hmm. So he said, well, maybe the seeds need me to read them a story. So he read them a story. (laughs) He looked at the ground. Now seeds start growing. Nothing happens. Maybe they need me to sing them a song. He sings a song. Maybe they need me to do a little, you know, poem. He recites a poem. Nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. Now he's growing frustrated because he believes that he's put these seeds exactly where they need to go but he's not seeing any results Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of this new change that he now has, right? Called this garden. So he's doing, he's upset, he's singing, he's stomping, he's yelling at the seeds. Now seeds start growing. And Toad comes running up the road. He's like, what, what is all this noise? Mm -hmm. And Frog says, there's something wrong with these seeds that you gave me. I put them in the ground, but they're not growing. Right. Toad said, you gotta be patient. Let a little sunshine on them. Let a little water rain on them. And in time, you will have a garden. And so I tell parents the same way. Don't be like frog. Mm -hmm. Meaning you have given your children now this platform of freedom and you instantly want to see them bloom and start doing things based upon their interests and their passions. Now, like my daughter, she was ready to jump in and go. But some of my children needed more time. Mm -hmm. And I had to be patient. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that flower. If the flower doesn't bloom instantly, you know, what do we do? We take the flower. We say, well, maybe this window is too drafty. Let's put it over here. Maybe, yeah. it's neat. Maybe, it's, maybe this is direct sun is too harsh. Let's put it over here. But we never question if something is wrong with the flower. But as parents, we do the exact opposite. We look at the kid and we're like, why aren't you learning? Why aren't you outputting something? What's wrong with you? as opposed to saying, well, maybe you just need some more time. You know, do you mm-hmm. need to sleep in a little bit more in the day? Is the evening a better time for you? Mm-hmm. you know, perhaps, you know, this interest was an old interest and perhaps you have a new one now, perhaps something is still emerging. So that's how we began. So that's how it started. How mm-hmm. it's going now is the 22 year old has graduated and he is now in North Carolina building a beautiful life uh, with him and his girlfriend. He is in real estate school. He is um, wanting to pursue, um, he has an interest in botany. Mm. So he's, he builds okay. these terrariums, I think it's called. Um, my daughter Sunday has graduated. She wants to be an interior designer, which has been a long-standing interest of hers. So she's in college now mm. pursuing that. Awesome. She has landed a beautiful job as a nanny um, and an and au pair. So that's what's paying for that. Mm-hmm. Um, my third one, Zion, he is now 17. He, he graduates from high school this year. Mm-hmm. Zion is, I wish I could show you, out back, he has built a log cabin from trees that he has cut down. He has taught himself farming and agriculture. Um, he has a compost going and he tests the different um, types of soil that his various different seedlings would, could use and benefit from. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he's preparing to be a farmer. Okay. Zori has taught himself, Zori is now 15. He's taught himself coding and um, circuitry. He wants to be an electrical engineer. Joy, who is now, I think she's 13. She's my artist. And so she is just about to, we are just about to launch a gift. I'm sorry, a note card um, business for her so she can raise money to purchase a tablet so she can teach herself animation. Wow. Okay. And the youngest is 10. And 
we are still we're still emerging we're still sure doing. yeah absolutely, absolutely. right now he's thinking he might want to um, direct movies and he is my always unschooled student so he has never heard me say sit down it's time for you to read he enjoy pretty much they've never heard me say it's time to do math and mm -hmm. so he taught mm -hmm. himself how to read um, wow and, um, that was a beautiful experience watching that Wow, that's that's amazing. Well done. That is that is beautiful, beautiful. And so I know Karima, you're the one who showed me that it works. So I know <laughs> it works. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. So if you all are wanting to know about, you know, more about the unschooling and all and how to de-school and and those aspects, Karima is definitely the one uh, to uh, a good resource to get connected to. You want to just know more. Um, you know, make sure you reach out to her. Her information, contact information is all in the show notes and um, and that. So if you will take us through just, um, let me just do a quick uh, lady, all of you girlfriends and guy friends who are joining in, just catching in or you've been in for a little bit. Um, this is Girlfriends Chat with Angela Jordan Perry. I'm interviewing Karima Akila out of Georgia, homeschool mom now. Um, uh, for six children. How many years has it been? I don't think we even indicated that. Since I think, well, if we do the math, the oldest is 22. So you start where he's four, four so I guess 18, 18 years. Yeah, 18 years of homeschooling um, her children. And so, like I said, she's out of Georgia by way of Pennsylvania. So um, what I want you to do now, Karima, is tell us a little bit about um, your resources that you're doing and your outreach into the community um, the homeschool community and um so those who want to tap into that can mm -hmm. tap into it hard <laughs> perfect so there are i think three offerings that i have predominantly so the very first is the genius school so during this time of um as i was going through the d schooling process i wish that i had someone to hold my hand let me know i wasn't crazy yeah. and so the very first thing that i created was a uh, consulting business so i also offer that so there is um d schooling and unschooling consulting and coaching that is available but those parents were saying to me this is great i would love to unschool but i have to go to work and don't you want to start a school and at first i was like no i don't want to start a school that sounds like a lot of work but I could not ignore the literal tears. So I created the Genius School. The Genius School is a decentralized, democratic, self-directed learning community that is launching across the country. So this coming fall and, and also virtually. So, so far we have great interests, obviously here in Atlanta where I am, but then also in DC, Philadelphia, um, possibly Detroit, possibly LA, Delaware, and if you are interested in um, having a Genius School community where you are, simply contact us at thegeniusschool.org and uh, we can have a conversation about you being a director and forming your own community in your own backyard. Um, really quickly, the Genius School is very similar to other Sudbury schools and Agile Learning Centers. Our distinction would be our five pillars where we invite children mm -hmm. to um, discover their genius, to engage in practices that maintain their mental and emotional well being, learn entrepreneurship and job readiness, travel, and then learn how to serve your community with your genius. So, those are our five pillars. Okay. The second thing would be that coaching, that de schooling, um, unschooling coaching, which really uh, boils down to a different paradigm of a parent-child relationship. That is what sustains um, self-directed learning and unschooling. When adults look at children and view them as um, a partner, as opposed to somebody that I'm here to do something to, right. I get to do something with you. Right. Um, so that's the second thing. I offer private as well as small group um, consultations and coaching. I'm actually about to launch one. So many parents now are asking, well, how do I unschool my four-year-old? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to answer that. Um, how do I unschool reading? How do I unschool math? And so mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'll be hosting um, small group classes around that. Okay. And then awesome. in response to the pandemic, 
um, a lot of parents, you know, it's just, just a very volatile time. Like who knew that the world of education would mirror the stock market? And it's, you know, how volatile it is right now. Right? <laughs> are schools open? Are they closed? Are they, are yeah, teachers yeah. coming in the building? Are they not? You know, are yeah. students coming in? Are they not? Are they wearing masks? Are they not? You know, virtual yeah. learning, hybrid, whatever. So in response to that, I formed the Genius Group, which is a tutoring service. So we tutor in a child's uh, weaker subjects, but we also coach them in their genius. So everything that I do Angela is to help people figure out what is your purpose? Why are you here? Yeah. What are you good at? And then how can you leverage that? So a student who registers with the genius group will receive tutoring in writing or math or reading or any other subject for that matter. But they also are invited to create a good experience, meaning initiate something that they would do well, they would be proud of and they would enjoy. And then they receive me as their genius coach, where um, through those projects, we get to figure out what is it that you're good at? Mm -hmm. And then how can we leverage that more? So if you have a child that is um, creative or a child that is an analytical thinker, imagine having a coach right there next to them mm -hmm. to leverage that and elevate the best parts of them because it's from our strengths that we will give our greatest contribution to society, not from our weaknesses. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. And I love that, I love that not only are you focused on um, them learning, you know, whatever that is they are interested in with the hybrid of some specific subjects, but also um, them discovering themselves, you mm -hmm. know, and, and learning themselves and that type of thing. So I, I think that's beautiful. How long is a group with the genius group would be? Does it run over a cycle a period of time or um, they can stay in as long as they want, then they step out or how does that work? Great question. So it really does depend on the students. So for instance, I have a group of students right now that uh, fourth quarter is beginning say next week. Mm -hmm. So there are some kids and parents that say we really want to boost some writing skills. Okay. So we're holding a writing boot camp, if you will, that will only run just this quarter. Okay. But then you may have some students and parents that say, well, we want something that is ongoing. We might want, you know, math to continue over the summer. Okay, then you can continue to meet with your math tutor. Um, over the summer. And okay. then starting next fall, when the genius school, uh, when the virtual genius school opens, that's when um, students can engage with the genius community all year long. Okay. Meaning okay. that you can have, a, we, we can provide a full math curriculum, full math tutoring. So if homeschool moms and dads like, okay, I don't, I don't want to do geometry, like that's not my thing. No problem. You know, bring them here. We'll have a very small group. Um, four to six kids per small group, and then we'll cover a whole entire math curriculum or writing okay. curriculum or English okay. or science. Okay. okay, so now, okay, so how, because I was going to ask you, how does it look to do unschooling virtually? But this is not unschooling. This is, you're well, using curriculum. It's like, a, okay, you want to clarify? Because I was like, wait a yeah, minute, how do you do unschooling yeah. virtually? But then you say curriculum, and I thought, yeah. So I want to okay. be clear. I want to be okay. clear. There are two yeah. audiences. So okay. for the tutoring, the audience that asked me for the tutoring are children who are in public school. Okay. Right? Okay. So okay. remember, that's in response to what's happening in the pandemic. Right. right. Okay. So to support parents and students who have chosen to remain in public school, here's tutoring for you. Gotcha. Okay. Also, uh, we do have homeschoolers who say, well, I also want tutoring because either the parent says, I don't want to teach that, yes. or the student says, I want to enhance that. So right, here's right. tutoring for you. Okay. All right. So that's what that is over there. So the genius group is different and separate from the genius school because the genius group does have that. Um, we serve as also children who are in public school. Okay. Now to answer your question, uh -huh. To do a self, to do a virtual self-directed community is yeah. very unique. Yeah. And so it's one thing to say, to come from an adult generated offering to say, here's, here's writing, here's math, here's yeah. science, here's whatever, right? Yeah. This is the blocks, parents, you sign your kids up and then we'll continue. Self-directed, a virtual self-directed community looks like this. 
Uh, we have the space we have virtually on Zoom uh -huh. and we have the students. Okay. And the same thing that would happen in the building also happens virtually. Okay. So we poll the students. All right, let's see who we have. Out of a group of 60 kids, let's see, we have maybe about some kids that are interested in art. We have some kids that are interested in technology, okay. some kids that would like a math class, believe it or not, some children actually would. I got one down the hall mm -hmm. <laughs> who would want an algebra one and two class. Okay. Oh, we have um, kids who, who do Roblox. We have someone else who, like my kid, wants to learn agriculture. Um, and so the students are grouped by interests. This is true of the genius school, be it in person or virtually. Those interests are called corporations. Okay. So we might have the art corporation, the Lego corporation for the little ones, right? Okay. Um, there may also be a math corporation. And inside of the math corporation, the students like my son would say, I'm about to be an electrical engineer. I want as much math as I can tolerate. So please give me, give me an algebra tutor, give me a geometry tutor, give me a calc and trig tutor. Okay. The art students, like my girl down the hall, my daughter, she's going to say, I'm going to be an artist. I want to be an animator, a Black animator. Please go find me, help me find someone that can teach me graphic art okay. and design. So imagine students log into Zoom and there is a facilitator here in the main room uh -huh. who engages with students and builds community because that's also what's missing during this time of mm -hmm. the pandemic, Absolutely. right? Yep community, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. social time, but virtual. Yeah. yeah. And so then imagine that that facilitator sends the children to their different breakout rooms mm -hmm. where they meet with their facilitators. Ah, where they have okay. Mm -hmm, they have their spawn point. Gotcha. So what happens okay. during the spawn points are the students say, these are my intentions for the day. I intend to meet with the art corporation. I have a meeting with them at 1030. I meet with the, uh, I don't know, the, <laughs> the math corporation. And then I have like, say, a, um, a mm. marketing corporation. Interesting. Maybe the playground. Okay, interesting. And then after their spawn point and that facilitator, facilitator makes sure that all of the students have set their intentions for the day. Mm -hmm. And they go over the schedule that the whole community made last week. Then students come out of that breakout room back into the main room talk with each other if, if they don't have somewhere to be, if they do have a class or a corporation or something that meets the next hour, they go to that breakout room. They might be cooking, they might be taking a writing course that hour, they mm. might, you mm -hmm. know, with their phones outside with playing with their pets, they may be, you know, doing whatever it is that they signed up to do. But they're in community. So they're in community doing with other ones who are also interested in maybe those things. That's so right. what if you have like a hundred amongst those 60 students, you have hundreds of possible breakout rooms. I mean, so they're yeah. literally doing all, all of those things are going on at the same time. They, they can break out Ab rooms. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, what happens uh, one day a week where mm -hmm. all of this gets created is yeah. called the community uh, meeting. That's where okay. the whole community comes together. Uh, virtually and in person, right? This is, um, what I'm speaking of happens in both spaces. Okay, okay, okay. So for the sake of virtually, the whole community comes together on Zoom and they plan their week. Art Corporation, what time are you guys meeting this week and what are you doing? Oh, Art Corporation is having a showcase in, on Tuesday and then on Thursday we've hired, you know, such and such a tutor to come in and teach us, I don't know, pointillism. Okay, let's see. Um, Auto Mechanic Corporation. What are you guys doing? Oh, Mr. Joe's coming in. He's going to teach us how to, you know, change the oil on the car that's out back. That's happening on Friday morning, whatever. Okay, okay, okay. So there's a huge community board that has the whole schedule for the whole community. What's going on? Gotcha. The second important thing that happens during that community-wide school meeting is where we discuss what we're aware of that's working and we discuss what's not working. Okay. And so, for instance, we are aware that what's working are the Zoom breakout rooms, right? They have all these different options. Mm -hmm. They might say what's not working is, you know, sometimes kids want to hang out and play and then we're waiting on you because you said you wanted to come here for this, this, you know, talk or whatever. And now we started late because you didn't come to class on time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then what can we implement in order to fix that? And the community creates that. Okay. And then now let's practice it. 
And then now let's move it over and see if we have mastered it. And we okay. use a tool called Kanban boards in order as a visual organizer in order to track that. So mm -hmm. the whole community can see what the awarenesses were and what we have practiced and mastered. Okay. And then, so, so that's the set the week, right? Wow. That's the community meeting. Wow. Yep. So that's what the virtual and the in-person looks like. Of course, in-person, you know, yeah. that we have that, that human interaction, but virtually this is how this can work as well, but it takes the community. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Karima, if you could sum up your, your intentions, um, mm -hmm. it, initially I would say it was homeschooling, but um, I might be amiss to say that one word. Uh, I mean, not homeschooling, un unschooling, excuse me, yeah. unschooling. But um, so if you had to sum up this, your whole collaboration of everything you wanted, what this entails and what you want to, um, to do for the homeschool community, for mm -hmm. these families, whether they're in public school, coming out of public school, or those who've been homeschooling, what is, what's your, you know, the goal? What is the, sum, sum, what is the summation, the, the so correlation, what is the word? So I would say, I would say that um, what's possible, what's possible is, and this is the summation, what's possible is yeah. transformation, expansion, mm -hmm. and I want to say um, collaboration. So transformation, the world of education is on the brink of um, a new realm of what's possible. If only we have the audacity to take advantage of what 2020 made available. Mm -hmm. We have an opportunity not to change something, not to fix something, but to completely transform something called the way we view education, mm -hmm. called the way we view children. Mm -hmm. so that's number one. Okay. Expansion. This idea of self-directed learning is the thing that parents are looking for. And I'm speaking of parents either that are, were in the public school system and then because of the pandemic have now come to homeschooling or parents who were homeschooling like I was, but you know, they're like, there's got to be something better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is what they are looking for, but many of them don't know what it's called. So expanding um, the reach of self-directed learning. Mm -hmm. And then collaboration. We've learned that we can do everything, most things, I take that back. We cannot do everything. We can do a lot virtually. Right, which yeah. means that the opportunity for us to collaborate is truly global. We said that before, but now we have proven it because so many of us were forced to do it in sectors of the world that did not utilize um, the globalization of the internet before, like the world of education, like public education, right? Um, and then there is an opportunity for us because of what 2020 did and because of what it disrupted and because of what it began to break apart, it began to pull upon the thread of some very long standing ideas. And when we talk about decolonizing things, this is another area called parenting and how we view our relationship with children and our roles mm -hmm. as parent and child mm -hmm. that now has an opportunity to be refashioned mm -hmm. if we are willing to take advantage and do so. Mm. Gotcha. All right, transformation, expansion, collaboration is what, uh, Karima with her resources is what she's wanting to do or take advantage of and um, extend that out to, to you all in the community. So if they say, yeah, that sounds great. Um, you have had great um, results of what you have done with your children unschooling and you still having those results to the degree that now you want to create these um, other outreaches for the community. And they say, hey, I want to connect into that. So where do they need to go? What do they need to do? What does all that look like? What do they need <laughs> well, to know? <laughs> well, you need to know that this is my intent and my purpose is to help others um, explore what's possible. Um, and so number one, begin with the idea of what's possible. 
Okay. Number two, expound upon um, the freedom that you're willing to give your children. Um, John Holt is arguably the father of the unschooling movement. He died um, very early in his career and his friend Pat Faranga took this on. I contacted Pat way back when I first mm -hmm. started and Pat said to me, give mm -hmm. your children more freedom tomorrow than you were willing to give them today. Mm. And so that's what I'm here to help parents um, to do. So you can reach me at thegeniusschool.org, thegeniusschool.org. You can email me at info at thegeniusschool.org. We are on Facebook, um, The Genius School. We are on Instagram um, at um, The Genius School. And it would be my privilege to uh, walk parents through this road towards greater freedom, greater trust. Um, and collaboration with their children. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. If you have one last thing that you want to say, this is what I have to say to bring some encouragement, insights to these mamas, and it's worth more than a million dollars. That's a lot of pressure. That's I know, girl. I got to give it to you because, hey, <laughs> you got, uh, what do we say, 16 years under your belt. Come 18, on, break. 18, 18, 18, 18 years. Yeah. All right. So what is the word of encouragement insight that you could give the parents that would be worth its, you know, worth its weight in gold um, for well, their journey? I would say um, understand that your children are their own human beings mm. and they've come here already with gifts and talents and a genius inside of them. Um, and the faster we can get to what and who their genius is, then the faster that they can start living their purpose. And to understand that all the teaching in the world does not equal learning. Just like, and I know, you know, mm -hmm. parents can relate to this, all the cooking in the world does not equal eating, right? Mm -hmm. And so the eating happens inside of the eater. Mm -hmm just like the learning happens inside learner. It is their responsibility. And we have no control over that. As parents, we get two opportunities to try that out. First, okay. when we're potty training that child, you can give that precious little two-year-old all of the salty pretzels in the world, all of the sweet tea in the world. You can have the little, I know you did it because I did it. We can have the little board books with the little potty on it, right? You can go to the Target or Walmart, buy the little potty with the little flushable sounds, right? Yeah, yeah. You can have all of that but you cannot climb into your child's body and open their bladder for them. You right. have no control over that. That's right. The second time that we get an opportunity to release control is when we're teaching that kid that was once two, now they're 16 and they're behind the wheel of a car mm -hmm. and we're teaching them how to drive. Okay. And you are the mama or the daddy that's sitting right there in the passenger seat. And what are you doing? You are wearing out the hole in the floor with your mm -hmm. imaginary <laughs> ring. I know you are, I know mm -hmm. you do. Because I did, right? And what are you doing? You're saying, no, 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 that's, you're too close. You're too close. Move, move over. Slow down. Slow down. So you're coaching, you're guiding, but guess what? You can't climb in that child's body and force their foot on the brake, right? Or right. move that steering wheel. That's the second opportunity that we get as parents to understand that we're not really in not control. In control. Mm -hmm. We're not. Mm -hmm. So the faster that we as parents work to build that collaboration and that partnership with our children, understanding that these people are their own entities, then the faster we can get to that type of relationship that we want um, and understand that it is their life to live. Mm -hmm. It's their life to live. And so in the world of education, you are, um, you play second fiddle. The learner takes the driver's seat. And the best thing that you can do is to support them in their journey because it is their responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, very good lesson. And I think as parents, that's going to be a long, lifelong, lifelong lesson of this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of I'm not control. saying that it's easy. Let's yeah, clear. yeah. It, it ain't easy. I'm like, dang, it ain't easy. Uh, releasing control. And sometimes you can be forced to learn that or mm -hmm. you can put yourself in position to learn it. Either way, we, um, you know, all parents have to learn. They are what you just said. They're human beings and they got genes inside of them and we don't have control. We don't have nope. control. So that's beautiful insight. So, all right, girlfriend. So I hope and I pray that this has been insightful to you and, and uh, a resource 
that Karima has shared is something that you want to tap into and connect with. All her contact information will be in the show notes. Um, go ahead and prepare and um, be, you know, if anything sparked your interest, go ahead and, and um, jump on it. Don't halt, don't hesitate, don't he and haul. Go ahead and reach out to her. And uh, <laughs> she laughing at me, <laughs> he and haul. Don't he and haul, just go ahead and jump on it and make uh, contact with her. So Karima, thank you so much for coming on again. On a, This on another side. So another, um, what's another view, another side of our conversation for those of you you want to hear all the how-tos and what resources to get to and what she's using and how she did how she did this homeschool thing that you need to find her in um, season one and episode three, four, five, somewhere like that. Reach out and look at, at that insights um, that she shared there. Those were nuggets. We had to do two different recordings because <laughs> Facebook couldn't handle her. It just, it just cut her out. It just couldn't handle her. I'm telling you, it was on fire. I was like, dang, this woman... I didn't even know her well, but she was just spitting fire. So you need to go check out her first interview ever on Girlfriends Got to Homeschooling and um, and uh, and then you know connect with her as well. So um, as always, girlfriends, I'll tell you that you know, remember to teach a child is to touch a life. And as we homeschool, we not only touch a life, but we shape the future through our humble efforts of homeschooling or uh, opportunities of, of putting out this platform for unschooling as Karima had mentioned. Um, but just, you know, keep making that positive impact day after day and year after year and um, see how your children transform, how our children transform as um, geniuses uh, that Karima um, has alluded to. And we're gonna talk more about that in our teaser talk on the YouTube channel. So be sure to check out that short interview, that teaser talk where she's going to talk and explain, you know, what is this genius and what that look like? What in the world is a genius? You know, finding the genius and developing the genius. So we're going to have her expound on that and dig in deeper on that topic. Okay. So girlfriends, you are the average of the five people you hang out with. And this hour, you've been hanging out with Karima Akira <laughs> out of Georgia. Some positive connections. So you keep up the momentum. Keep connecting with positive influences who are going to, um, you know, pour into your life and bring some positivity and some encouragement uh, to your journey. And then you also be that reservoir that others can pour, uh, reach into and draw from some encouragement uh, for this journey or the journey that you want to get onto. All right. So Karima, thank you. Girlfriends got to home school and appreciates you. I appreciate you taking thank up you. your time because you, you got a lot going on with all that. I was like, dang, girl, I didn't even know all of that was all of that. <laughs> So thank you for giving up your time and your energy and resource um, to come on the show again, Karima. Oh, you're welcome. It's my privilege. My appreciate privilege. it. Appreciate it. All right, girlfriends. Until next show, we'll see you next time. Um, go through and check out all the other podcasts and, and be encouraged on your journey if you need some encouragement. If you're on the edge of depression like Karima mentioned, um, reach out to Karima. Mm -hmm. She can, she can help you. She can help a sister. <laughs> <laughs> and then go check out these other podcasts and recordings so that you can get some encouragement for your journey to stay yeah. on that journey and educating your own children. Okay. All right. Peace and love, everybody. Blessings. Thank you, Karima. You're welcome.